search. Each man different, living his own way, searching, discovering numero uno. Welcome everyone to episode number 68 of the Broken by Concept podcast, the League of Legends podcast in the League of Legends world. Where we, should we start today, Curtis? You said you got some jam-packed action topics that you have the solution to the entire game of League of Legends. I want to right? gank you here. I, I didn't want to... This, this is, is the first time Nathan's hearing this. Okay. Um, this is going to be like a shock reaction. Nathan, shock surprise to Curtis's solution to League of Legends. Okay. So we talk a lot... I mean, oh, caveat, this is not what we're going to be covering for the most of this episode. I hope it's not because okay. of other juicy stuff. Just a side thought. So, so... This is a shower thought for Curtis? Coach yeah, Curtis. I was... You know, over the weekend, popped into my head. And, you know, obviously we talk a lot about the trajectory of the game and how Riot's biggest enemy is themselves in a way. I I don't really believe how another game company could develop a game that could beat League. I feel as though League will be its own demise in a way. Its own worst enemy. Yeah, like it either won't adapt to the times, it won't fix core issues, whatever. We've, we've you know... We've, They'll create some other crazy issues like other games. Right, like we, we've touched on this before. And so, you know, in my mind, League is either <clears throat> going to continue to go down this route of just update the game, update the game, update the game, or they might come up with like a League of Legends 2 or like a different game mode that can kind of shift the shift the shift the, the tides and so you know, i was watching a video like the downfall of Fortnite, and i didn't know that but they actually added aircraft to oh, right, the so game that wasn't there i didn't i didn't yeah i don't really know and then people got it. really pissed off about that and that sort of was oh. why like the pros and stuff oh and they just and then they didn't remove it they kept it yeah it's like in the game and so they just that people hated it yeah interesting i, mean, I think it's still a big game but that's what they did like imagine like a but i think PUBG did that as well didn't it yeah yeah, they did. But actually it's, add planes. It's, it's a bit weird, isn't it? It is a bit weird. It's like it's like the whole it's like league adding like a whole new thing that doesn't fit with the, yeah. the flow of the game. Trying to be fancy, yeah, yeah. I mean that like it's perfect. Yeah, it's spot on. It's a beautiful analogy, example. Um, so one of the biggest reasons I think a lot of people tend to quit league or maybe like are on the edge, <clears throat> is mainly revolves something around toxicity, isn't it? I would say toxicity is like the core at least one of the core reasons why people want to quit the game or say they want to quit the game. They don't have a... They have a miserable ranked experience with the... It's not the game itself. It's like the players that they play with. They're just like, I don't want to deal with this shit. Yeah, the abuse and the toxicity and all that crap. (laughs) So anyway, um, now, I thought thought long and hard, and now this is either going to be completely ridiculous... It's like insane. It's like... It's too perfect in my mind. I want to feel like where I'm going wrong. Okay. So... First things first, I'm going to just blurt it out. Here we go. 2v2 game. A 2v2, 2v2 game 2v2. mode. It's only, yep, 2v2 game mode. Now, obviously a different map, much smaller, like one lane, <laughs> potentially. It's like the way they changed ARAM. It's like the ARAM. Right, kind of, but I don't know what the map would look like exactly, but 2v2. Now, hear me out. This is where the key differences are going to lie. There is no solo queue. There is only duo. Now, this is where things get interesting. Now, whether this is a separate add-on to the game or whether it's like a thing, the way I imagine it is this. You cannot even... You can't solo queue in this mode. It's only duo. Now, the great thing about this and the, and the, and the problem I believe it would solve is that... Okay. I don't believe toxicity would really have a place. Now, if you think about toxicity in League as it stands right now, some of the biggest culprits <clears throat> for toxicity are... 
you know, you're playing with randoms and they're it's a- a- anonymous and you don't really give a shit about your teammates. So it's like, you know, most people anyway, and they're just going to abuse them because like, I'm going to get new teammates next game anyway. They also feel as though the game is largely out of their control because it's a 5v5, right? It's a huge game. Um, you're only one piece in this, on one piece you know, on this chessboard. So you don't really have as much impact. Um, and there's all these things happening to you that you feel you're victim towards. There's a right? lot of things that are out of your control. Yeah. And we talk a lot about you shouldn't focus on those things, but there's a reality of the right. game. They, 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 they are tilt-inducing. Now, <clears throat> if you think about <clears throat> a game 2v2, now, a few things that come to mind. Um, in order to climb in this game mode, there would have to be teamwork, whether it's strategy whether it's like it, it would be a much more team oriented mode in my opinion than a 5v5 because it would be so many gimmicky strategies there would be so many things that you and your teammate would have to work together because you've got to be on point because the map would be so small and you'd be so pressured like it's like communication. it reminds me of like 2v2 arena in wow like that was really fun it's yeah it's really in fun and even in general like duos are just fun. in most game modes are actually quite fun and and so in order to climb, you would actually have to have teamwork, right? Yeah. Now the great thing about this, you might say, oh, well, why can't you? Why, why can't this guy go into some like forum or some like website or Discord to find a duo partner? But the the great thing about that, if you're toxic to your teammate, you're literally not going to climb over the long run. You would need to develop a really strong like relationship, working relationship, professional relationship with this person to, in order to climb the leaderboard. So there is going to be a ranked leaderboard, but you can only duo you in this two But it's only duo. So you would have like a, you would have like a, whatever it is, like a, um, or, or maybe it is an individual. It is individual, but you just have your own rating, but you just can have to have a teammate. So wherever they are, you can duo with another teammate. They just might be another rank. So for example, you might be only be able to duo. It might go back to the MMR system or like the LP system. Even if it's the same system, it doesn't really matter. So let's say me and you duoed, right? Let's just say you're in. 400 LP, I'm 600 LP. We would still, we're on a team technically, but we just get our own individual bit of LP. Okay. Right? Um, now, yeah, so what I, basically I believe it solves toxicity because toxic players wouldn't climb in this game mode. That's my theory. Because the toxic players would be, they would self-sabotage by influencing the teammate. And if your te- that one teammate is tilted out of the game, it impacts, it impacts you way too much because there's only two people on the map. That's right, yeah. But if you tilt one person, say you're a zero eighty carry and you flame your top laner, you can kind of still get away with it. That's like right, People yeah. still climb when they're toxic. That's right. But you wouldn't be able to get away with it in a 2v2 scenario. And it would still have the complexity of the game because you'd have so many different combinations. It'd be so many unique strategies. The game, the meta would evolve so quick and it'd be unbelievably complex. It'd be more complex and... It every it'd be more demanding in nearly every single aspect of the game, apart from maybe map awareness, because the map would be a little bit smaller. But it might be just more fast paced. I don't know, <clears throat> and I don't really see the flaw in this game mode. Okay, so what's the flaw? But what's the purpose though? The purpose is a hyper competitive game with a new map that obviously a fast evolving meta that allows you to play with your friends or team up with a person. And get the ranked experience and have that duo without feeling, I mean, without basically, um, without the toxicity, essentially. And have a legitimate ranked 2v2 experience. Because 
the way I view it, during in a 5v5 game mode, it doesn't really make much sense in my mind. It's yeah, really it doesn't. Messy. I, agree, I, don't yeah. Like, I don't like duo when it comes to 5v5 play. <clears throat> no. And the other thing, the reason why it can't be three or four people is because it needs to be simple enough for you to find a teammate that is going to be on at the same time. It's way easier to <clears throat> find just one person and to organize the time with one person than it is with multiple people. So I, I feel like... Um, it can't be three and it can't be four. That's why Twisted Tree Line would even be hard. It couldn't be like something like that. It needs to be two, mm. only two. And that way, if it's two as well, um, you could practice often enough. Like you could find a partner that you could practice often enough without, because the biggest complaint would be, well, if I want to practice by myself, what do I do? Well, that is the downside. You wouldn't be able to solo. You, would, you could play normals. You'd be able to play normals unranked. So you match solo, up with some random Some person. random, like a normal game. You could do that, but there is no ranked solo queue and i feel like that would change i feel like it would be a really unique it might not take over league 5v5 game but i feel like it would be a really awesome respected element like a new game mode because i don't think there will be another 5v5 map i feel like if they're gonna do it it has to be with either less or more people and i don't think it can be more get too chaotic i think it has to be less so what's the what am i missing i got, I got a lot of questions here, okay guys. okay so let's just try and so what's the closest thing to you that you're describing here? The 3v3 Twisted Tree Line. That's or, the closest Or even thing. WoW twos. That's what I was more thinking. Okay. Because the, the beautiful... The, the And even I was thinking to Counter-Strike, <clears throat> in old school Counter-Strike, there actually used to be 2v2 tournaments. And it was so much fun. Because they're more mechanically demanding. Obviously, there's a little bit less maybe... I mean, I don't think this applies to League. I think there'll be even more strategy in 2v2s. Because there even was a lot of strategy in 3v3s and Twisted Tree Line. But I was thinking just... Very intense, smaller map. I was taking inspiration from, yeah, Twisted Tree Line, my two, two, 2v2 experience at Counter-Strike, and then the 2v2s in WoW. Well, so the first thing with WoW, 2v2s was not as popular as 3v3 in WoW. Right. 3v3 Arena was way more respected. Why is that? Uh, it required more skill. And also, there's an element of 2v2 with these type of games where there can be a cookie-cutter strategy way quicker and easier than five versus five. Right. Like and, a meta just, it's just that you got to play that And way. it could get bored, boring real fast. It could be, especially with League, I feel like that there is a huge danger with a 2v2 mode. It, even like compared to like the one versus one tournaments that we've seen, like All-Stars right. and stuff. Right, it comes like Heimendinger versus Olaf. Yeah, like, like... Really like, cheesy, you saying? Well, no, I mean, you, I mean, I think those are fine picks. But over time, it will just evolve to a certain... It's like, uh, what do they have to do? What summoner stores do they have to take in the 1v1 tournament? Is it, they have they to have take Flash and Barrow? I don't think they, I thought you could take anything. <clears throat> like, I like Ignite as well. But I see, I see your point big time. I mean, it, it can get out of control real quick, and I think it can get boring real quick once people find, figure it out. Like, for like WoW 2v2 and stuff like that, like, I remember back in, like, uh, uh, Priest Rogue. Was just so versatile. It's just really strong but, and stuff but, like but that. But playing devil's advocate to that, yeah, I feel as though well is different because you don't really interact <clears throat> with the map. I mean, you do line of sight and stuff like that, right? But you don't really interact with your environment. Complexity in league doesn't just come from the kits; it comes from the environment. So I feel as though if anything got stale, it would be really easy to shift it up because because of the map. Yeah, the map. Would they have, could do things with the map. Yeah, like. It's like the, the dragons and stuff like that. in The camps, the XP. Like, there'd be so many different things that you could do with the, the environment itself to mix it up. Plus, you're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe they would have to limit the amount of... Maybe they'd have to alter certain things about the... Like, Twisted Tree Line. You remember the champ, the items were kind of different? 
Like they would alter. Yeah, they, you have maybe, to alter the items. Yeah, they might have to alter items. Yeah. Like, so my question is then, why did they remove Twisted Tree Line? Why did no one play it? I mean, I I loved it. We loved it. Remember, we used to play it all the time. Yeah, but we didn't. It was fun it wasn't, on the wasn't side. Com- it wasn't competitive. But why did we not enjoy it? Like, like we did enjoy no, it. No, but why did we? So, so why did we not play that more than five? No, because rank the solo the, the rank didn't mean shit. No one respected three v three rank. Remember, rank rank was all we played League Four. But why is that? That has to be for a reason. Because competitive was played on five v five. Five v five. Everything revolved around the. 5v5 so you think map. that? So you think that if if the league competitive aspect was three v three, yeah, no one would play. I mean, I feel like a lot of more people would have probably played threes. Because no one gave a shit about three through rank as well. Like you had three through rank, but it was wasn't important. Like yeah. everyone just looked at solo queue rank. Okay, so how how is would that not be the same with this thing? Um, it could be. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't really crossed that. It could be. You're right. It might just fail. It might just flop. Um, but I. But yeah, again, I, I don't know. Maybe they release it as a separate thing. I don't know. Um, what I'm hoping though, Nathan, the the niche that I think that it fills. Is that I'm hoping that it, it it gives people who really want the teamwork aspect without having to go through the the the, the miserable quote unquote solo queue experience. Like they want to play a genuinely team oriented game, and I feel like twos is way more team oriented than solo queue, even though it's like five five. I think it's not. I think it's less team oriented oriented. All the, at the end of the day, if you think about it, two v two is just going to be about just killing each other over and over again. I think you're thinking it very much like Twisted Tree Line. That's what Twisted Tree Line used well, to be well, like. How else would it be though? The way I would view the way I view it is that it would be it would be it would be very. I feel like it would be very much about like your jungler knowing like knowing when to relieve pressure from your lane, cheesy different strategies like knowing how to where to stand level ones and like like the way I hope they develop the map that that there wouldn't just be one obvious way to win the game. Like, maybe they added different variables such that you could have, like, two junglers or something. Like, that would make it, like, really complex such that it wasn't just one laner every time in one jungler. Like, you could add another level of variability such that maybe you could you could actually have two junglers, unique two jungle strategies where you could... Maybe there's two sides. Maybe, it's like, you have one lane in the middle with two junglers or maybe it's, like, an overlap with, like, a, a vertical section on the top. So, like, even though we haven't done 3D stuff in, in League, maybe there's, like, a, a ridge off the top and then a jungle down the bottom such that maybe you could, you could instead of having one lane, one jungle, you could one of the unique strategies could be actually two, two junglers. You invade level one, take their buff, and then your both junglers farm both jungles or some shit. What I'm getting at is that I, I think that you've got to get out of the mindset that it's just going to be, like, a rigid one lane, one jungle, herd dirt, jungle come gank. Yeah. It just won't, I just don't, that's not the way well, I perceive it to be. I don't, I don't know how they would do that though. So you have to agree that the map has to be smaller. The map would definitely have to be smaller. So I think that the smaller the map, the more issues are actually presented mm. in a way. And what, what are some, what are some examples? Because again, so there's less movement mm. and like movement across the map in, in Solo gives a really good complexity to the game and a lot of chaos is created. That's actually like a lot of fun, right? Like closing out the game, right? It is, yeah. And once the map's really small, like how would someone get ganked? I 
I mean, freezing waves would obviously be important, but the the way you would have to frame but you it, could just you the fog of war would have to be a really big deal. There'd have to be a lot of like weird like brushes. There mm. would have to be really complex. It couldn't it couldn't just be like a standard like one brush, one jungle camp into lane. I know that, that, that's all you could do though, right? Dude, like you're right. I mean, I mean, maybe they could get like I said that maybe they get really creative with is like not just a 2D. Maybe they could have, yes, it's, the, the map is small, but there's like a lot of terrain. Like there's not, the line of sight isn't clear. Like maybe there's a different... Then maybe they would have to do something where like, if that person leaves the lane, they're going to lose a lot. Like they're like pressure, like they have to stay there or like... Yeah, maybe that's, and that's the another... Means the means is super some, strong or... Yeah, or maybe the, the value of a tower's increase a lot. Like if you get that one tower... But Curtis, this is a different, this is not League of Legends I know, anymore. it is. It's a different game. Yeah. It's going to be a different game. But what I... What I think will be interesting is that this is, again, I don't think this is ever going to be a replacement to League. This is going to be a complement to the League to fill a niche in the game that I think a lot of people are missing, which I think is the team, the quote-unquote teamwork. Because right now it's like solo queue, and then there's like clash. There's no like, in my opinion... Why is that not enough? There's no in-between. Because it's either 1v1, like one solo, or it's 5v5. Getting a group of people together like a 5... Because they think, or the way Riot view it, is that Duo fills that niche. I don't think Duo, in a five game, fills that... No, I agree. It yeah. doesn't fill that niche. Yeah. So, like, for someone, like, say, you know, they got their best buddy, they want to play the game. It's not a game you just want to play, you play with your friend, like... You don't get that satisfaction out of it. It's like, you, yeah. Where you you're won. like, let's say you won, like, you guys won the game Yeah, it's together. just you two. It's like you and your friend. It's like you and your friend versus... It's, there's something very... I don't know how to describe it. There's a feeling when it's like limited people in a game and it's like a 2v2. It's like a, it's another level of like intensity. But I, I again, I don't know. I might be overreading it. It's just an idea. It was something that sprung to my head where it fills that, that, that niche for the teamwork aspect of the game and it shields people away from the toxicity element of the game. That's what I perceived it to be as well. Well, haven't they done that with all these separate game modes, like the Nexus Blitz and that sort of stuff? How does that differ? They're not competitive, dude. So they're not Arams and Nexus splits and all that crap. That's not competitive. There would have to be a legitimate, a legitimized ranked. Okay, that's why it's a legit. It's yeah. a separate game rank thing. Anyway, I think you know it would be interesting to hear what the comments are. What other people think? Maybe you know we're not game designers here. <laughs> you know, I think you raise a lot of good points that I don't have an answer to. Yeah, and I think to be honest with you. If we were game designers, we might know why it wouldn't. Would, I mean, maybe there's a reason they haven't done it. I don't even think you need to be a game designer. I think you just think about what makes five v five summoners rift so. I think you're onto something though good. with the whole like the bigger the map, the more room for error. Yeah. So the error would have to come from somewhere else. It would have to be more finicky. You know. Yeah. There's too much. There's too, there's there's too much room to make mistakes in summoners rift in a way. Whereas like like a lot of people, you can hover. I think it's the perfect amount of room. Right. The 5v5. They just got it. They just solved it. They cracked the code. Yeah, it's great. It is. The whole Baron and the Dragon, there's one side of the map. And then like that one, two sides is is great, right? Because then it's like the trading sides aspect and the weak side, strong side. And like, you know, having a certain way of of playing this win condition. I agree. I I mean, I don't know. I love League. I don't think it's going to die anytime soon, but it's more... Again, I see your approach. You're trying to get like the more of a teamwork thing solved, but I think the five v five aspect is great. I mean, clashes. Is, Cla- yeah, I agree. Clash. I think maybe they just need to work on clash more, or, 
Or and again, I think about again, Lakotas, why did they get rid of the the ranked team five v five? So you're you're always saying is it because people just didn't take it seriously because it wasn't? But there was a competitive aspect to it, but people didn't use it. I thought they still does it not still exist? Rank flex isn't that basically what it is? Well, yeah. Sorry, I guess yeah, I it still exists. But yeah, you're right. It's not. But flex is weird because you can queue you can up. Do it. I don't get that. Yeah, it's like weird. like why do they not just is have it? Flex? You have to have five. Yeah, I don't know. It's very. That's very strange. I, I, someone I explains know. to me why flex exists. I mean, I still don't understand why there's even duo in solo queue. That's a whole different discussion. Though. Yeah. Anything else before we move on? Uh, yeah, no, again, your, your angle, I, I'm just, I'll just say that it would get, I reckon, really boring really quick. Okay. So you think it would be one dimensional, there'd be a meta that's just solved, and yeah. if you don't play that way, um, it would, you, you just can't win. Like, they're, they're like, there'll be like a dominant, like, 2v2 that's combo, right. yeah. whether it could be something like, like, Volley Bear Udi or some shit, and you just can't that's win. That's right, yeah. That's what it was like for WoW Arena 2v2. I just there disagree. Was... I personally disagree. I think because I think there's way more combinations in, in League. Um, <clears throat> and 2v2... Okay, so the uh, last thing to bounce back on that. Why is it that... I swear in bot lane meta, there's, a, there's an answer to everything. Let's take bot lane. 2v2 oriented completely. There's always an answer. Yeah, but the thing about that though, Curtis, is that that answer could be irrelevant because... They can be picking champs on the other side of the map that don't worry about those champs, even if they win, they win the lane. Yeah, I get that, but let, let, let's say specifically the two v two, like, like nothing is uncounterable. Like, there's a reason you don't just see. Like, I, I get what you mean, though. You can't just pick Volibear, whatever bot. I get that, but but even if there were, there's always like counters. Like every champ has a counter, and every duo has a counter. It, yeah, it would get weird. But I, I know, I still feel as though League has too many champions in the game for it to ever become stale. That's how I feel. I just don't believe it, that will really become the case. And plus, they might have micro patches. That game would be patched way more. Like, that game would be patched every, like, week or something, or every two weeks. <clears throat> like, boom, 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 big patches. Like, they'll take them ages to get it balanced, obviously. But I just don't... I, obviously, it's not going to be the same as someone else. But I don't, I, don't re- I don't believe that will be a problem. Personally, plus, how often did WoW get past comparative league? It's like three times a year, right? I'm oh, sorry, three times across an expansion, like two years. Exactly, you can't compare like league That's right true, now. Yeah. There's like how many? We're in patch 11.18. I guess my question to pose to our BBC listeners: Is there any game mode you've played in league that you felt like was better than Summoner's Rift? But then I guess you have probably different people answering that for the different reasons. Like they might enjoy because yeah. it's more fun, or they can play with their friends and. Okay, so maybe the question is, is there a game mode that you feel like could have been a really highly competitive game mode? Because I didn't play any of the game modes. Yeah, we did. We played Twisted Tree Line. No, but like all those new ones that came out, like Nexus Blitz and... Dude, I love Dominion. I, Dominion. I played so much Dominion, Dominion. was cool. But Dominion again, why, cool. why did they get rid of it? But I don't, there must Dominion be some stats. Cool. There's some fucking stats, stats behind it, guys. Yeah? But it's not, Curtis. Why did you Dominion not play it? You was, didn't fucking play it, I though. played a lot of Dominion. I played, yeah, more, you... I played more Dominion than ARAM, dude. Like, in my lifetime, by far. I spammed the hell out. I remember distinctly playing a shit Yeah, but you went through, like, a phase, and then you stopped. I know that. I think they just removed it, dude. I'm pretty sure they so just removed you, Dominion. So you just... I'm, pretty, you I'm 90% sure time. I stopped playing Dominion because it literally wasn't there. It was removed. That's correct. 
Someone, can someone let me know what season Dominion was, was removed? Because then we can know. Curtis I believe it was season like four. So, because no, they removed no, Dominion for something else. Movie. They removed Dominion for like uh, one for all or some shit. And I didn't like one for all. Yeah, like all those game modes. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I so much nostalgia right now thinking about Dominion. It was so fun. It's not as fun as you think it would, dude. I'm calling bullshit on this. It was. <laughs> yes, you got nostalgia, dude. It's nostalgia. It is. It's like same as Twisted Tree Line. Why did we always go back to Summoner's Rift? It's true. It's a good question. Oh, look, I'm opening it. I'm At the end of the day, if I mean, a game is that fun and people will play it, people will like make it competitive their well, own you way. Gotta remember, there's costs involved of having a whole new map running on your system, plus with all other bugs and people, Curtis, teams sure, and stuff like that. Curtis, I'm sure Riot can fucking afford that, okay? It's, it's, it's fine. Nathan, how m- we've said that about a trillion things about Riot. How, yeah. How, you know, we've said, you know, you could pay one intern to watch how you look Yeah, no, but they is. don't see the value in that. that that's... They might not see the value in having an extra game mode that... Yeah, but I'm saying like like communities in general, if the game is that good... Like think about something like Super Smash Bros. That doesn't get supported. Right. It, it, at yeah, all. Like, uh, by like, Nintendo. Yeah, but people would just run it. Like, yeah. People would just like say it's too... They like, demand it. That's right. Right. But we just yeah. haven't seen that in any game mode. Probably. Why, did, why was there not Dominion tournament? Like there was Dominion tournaments, but why did that never last? Let's, let's see what the viewers say. All right, moving on. Moving on. So I got sent a video called Your Rank is Accurate. And it was by a guy named, his channel name was Brian underscore F. Shout out to Brian underscore F. He's a fighting games dude. It looks like he plays a lot Tekken and all that shit. We've had two episodes now, back to back talking about fighting games. I know. This video was one of the most beautifully outlined Beautifully articulated video talking about how the rank, how climbing and ranked works. And he was talking in reference to his game, I believe, was Street Fighter. Um, but he, he he really encapsulated why certain people climb and other people don't, and the differences between like learning the game holistically versus one tricking. But he he articulated it in a really beautiful way that I couldn't. Like, I, I, I was trying to articulate it, but I couldn't. So what I want to do is go through the video with you guys and, and, and really break this down and, and tie this back to League. And I think it's amazing. So um, I want to tie it back to a, a common confusion point that we hear, both in the community, in our communities, in the comments, in our content, saying, um, you know, how is this guy X rank when I'm doing all of this stuff and I'm still this rank? So a common one would say, look, you're teaching me all this stuff like warding and leaning and jungle tracking and pathing and all this, you know, all this stuff, these principles that we talk about and these fundamentals, and this is in gold or maybe in platinum. And he's like, well, this guy's just, you know, one trick in Katarina playing Malzahar at Diamond One. And I'm watching him play and he's doing none of this and he's still winning. Like, why, why is that? How, how can this guy get these results? And I'm trying my ass off here and I'm still struggling. So... Basically, the way he, in Street Fighter, what the the um, example that the same, I guess, bridge would be that there's like a guy who plays like really dumb in Street Fighter. Like he does this certain like very, no, I'm not brain dead, but like really like linear, obvious strategy. Um, he's like a very one-dimensional player and he's playing in like Diamond. 
and all these people in the in the in the Twitch comments and in the, the YouTube comments said, "How the hell is this guy diamond? I'm in gold. I'm way better than this, this guy." I have like better fundamentals overall. Yeah, I have way better fundamentals than this guy. So the way he viewed it was like this: Imagine like a pentagon, and then on each corner of the pentagon on the shape, there's like you have like fundamentals. You have like it's like those mobilitics like little diagrams and it shows you which way it's like, like damage ward in yeah well, this one's like fundamentals map awareness flexibility and style maybe micro macro you have like one of these like like shapes right and you know there i want to talk about like how the, there's consequences or there's benefits and, and and disadvantages of being a well-rounded player like having points in each of these areas Versus like hyper-focusing on one of these areas. So what this straight fighter guy was doing, he was over-indexing, putting all these stat points into like one part of that diagram, whether it micro or whatever it might be. Um, and by doing this, he's actually able to beat all the people that actually are, are, are more well-rounded than him. So moving on from this. A player who all-ins on one champion especially you know, mindlessly playing and over-indexing on that one specific attribute, will often win games very effectively. Think that one trick Yasuo, that one trick um, Nunu Jungle, whatever it might be. They over-index on like one specific skill set. That will get you the best results in the short term. It's the easiest, it's the fastest, it's a very reliable way to climb in, legal, in, in every game by the looks of things in Street Fighter as well but only up until a point. Now, we've got flamed in the past, remember specifically me, by saying... Um, so where's you, isn't it? I, th- I think I said something... Curtis has the polarizing opinions. I think, I think I got caught out for saying something like Diamond wasn't good or something like that. Mm. But what I meant to say, and the way he articulated, because specifically quote in his video, he said, you're not playing the game until Grandmaster. Yeah. And, and it, he it, says, and if you're below Grandmaster, you're, that's what he said, in a polite way, you're just bad. That's what he said. You're not actually playing the game until Grandmaster. And I t- actually totally agree. We've said, I think I said Master was actually where you start playing the game, but it is kind of probably even higher than that. Mm. Where you're actually playing League of Legends, or it's, in his case, Street Fighter, you're not really playing the game. Let me articulate that a little bit, go a bit deeper here. Um, if you climb up, say, with your one trick, up until, say you play from gold, and you say, you, all right, screw it, I'm going to one-trick Vlad, and you get all the way to diamond. Let's say even, let's say even you get to master. It's hard to be a one-trick to get master, but it's possible, obviously, and you're probably going to get there faster than you would be well-rounded. So quickly just go into your pentagon again. Yep. So you're saying that champion mastery is... Is is the only is that the only one you're like indexing? Like, can we, is it not breaking down further? It's like... Well, it might be like two, or... it, it might be yeah, it might be like two or three things. Like, and, yeah. and I don't think there's going to be five things on the Pentagon in league. It'd be a metric ton. Yeah. But there'd be like three. Like uh, the way I view it, it's like he has a hundred stat points, and he can like spread them all evenly amongst like the twenty things, or he can put all of them, or like let's say specifically thirty-three point three into three of them. With Vlad, it might be, you know, it could be team fighting, um, maybe tethering, and then. Um, I don't know when knowing how to, when to, how it's like minimizing like CS in oh, yeah, way or just not dying yeah. yeah yeah it could be like three things like that right like yeah. he's all in on that yeah like if I think about it when I started playing league I was very good there's, there's no macro no micro 
I didn't die and I was always very with strong Udia, right? with Udia, you, yeah. your one-trick Udia at the time. Yeah. And yeah, you over-index on a few specific things. You're really good at not dying. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would have very jungle clears. efficient jungle clears. And I just perfected that. You and perfected that, that and that beat a lot of other people. Spot yeah. on. Perfect example. Now, um, I guess with hidden skill shots, one B, is that one f- would be for you? Yeah. I mean, yeah, hitting skill shots. Yeah. And not dying. I feel like for me, I just not die and I farmed and I hit skill shots. That's it. Yeah. Because yep. you just play Ziggs and Zareth and you just sit back and That's you just right. throw your little abilities. And it worked because at the time the meta was very slow as well. So anyway, yep, you're spot on. Now, the reason this works up until Grandmaster is because the game is basic. It, it is, it's, it's very coin flip up until that point because not everyone is competent. A person that's well-rounded, they won't have the skill set or the competence to be able to deal with someone over-indexing in a specific skill set. But when you're over-indexing a specific skill set, it's inherently coin flip because there is going to be some games where your skill set cannot apply to the game that you're within. Mm. So by, by, by being a one-trick, what you're doing is you're actually signing an agreement to the game saying, okay, the games that are like winnable I will, or like even remotely in my control i will win them every single time mm. but the games that you know they're they're, they're there's got counterpicks hard i counterpicks the game base doesn't suit my champion i will agree i'm, I'm yeah. just gonna lose i'm not even gonna try they're, they're done i will accept that i will lose them yeah but the what why what we call quote-unquote good players don't want to play that way is because they want to be the most reliable player ac- across a large majority of games across a long period of time they don't want to go into a game praying that the draft goes their way or the game goes that way such that the champ is able to play. I would much rather play a, have a deeper champ pool, um, have a much more style, like a well-rounded approach to the game such that I can pick and choose how I want to play depending on the game state, adapt to all different situations. Which, which is, is very, very important in high, high elo. When it was very important in Grandmaster yeah. Plus games, you can't, yeah. it's very hard to climb Grandmaster Plus as a pure one trick. It's, it's really, really hard. And it's, you know, it's, it exists. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's extremely hard. But those players, are probably those people who've done that are probably so talented, so good at League of Legends that they would have... They, they actually are well-rounded. Yeah, they are well-rounded yeah, in a, in some a aspects, unique way. Because yeah. they learnt other skill sets with their champ because they're so good at it. It's like, well, what's that Zoe guy in Korea? Yeah, what's, that guy's just a good gamer. Dude. He's, he's just, a great yeah. at League of Legends in general. You could insert any champ, he would be fine because he's yeah. learnt the game as Zoe to a... Incredibly high degree. And I guess that's interesting because that's becoming well-rounded was actually where we got um, in the last episode. Talking about the brain, heart. Right, yeah. Well-rounded, yeah. Um, body, perfect, right? right? Like, like we at the end, we felt like, oh, actually, the best players we've worked with, they're more on like, you know, say 33, 33, or 40, 30, 30 type stuff. And we found that if you were over-indexed on like heart, body, or... Um, brain you're, you're you're handicapped right spot on the better players the best ones we work with at the higher end especially the high the high challenge are you know the competitive players they are well-rounded players they can't you can't afford to over index otherwise you, you can't play competitive that well that's right and you can't adapt to high elo games so but a lot of people that's not their goal right it depends what your goal is if your goal is to get the short gimmicky and the, what even he says in street fighter the short sh- quick cheat way to get to X ELO, the fastest way possible gimmicks, every, you know, left, right, shortcut, shortcut, shortcuts. One tricking is probably up your alley if that's what you want to do. If you want to get that short, sharp, gimmicky way to get to a certain rank, sure. Are you going to be, are you going to be able to be better than your opponents at that rank? Sure. People think that you're not actually a good player just because you're not a well-rounded player. No, that's not the truth. That's not no, again, true at all. Again, with that champion, you are that You will rank. win, 
you'll beat a lot of people mm. being a one trick. That's right. Yeah. It's and and, and and what he says is even hard to know who's better. Is the well-rounded player better or? Well, you can only really know over a large sample of games. It's really hard to say. There's going to be some games where that guy's just going to outperform by a mile. You know, they have differing skill sets. So basically what we're saying, in the long run, if you want to be a, a well-rounded, consistent League of Legends player, it is better to be and learn the quote-unquote boring fundamental way that we teach and then have a slower climb you will be much more reliable and have a bet and, and have more success over the long run. And what he says is that the people that learn the gimmicky way in one trick, they generally have so many bad habits and so many things that they have to unlearn. In the long run, they actually struggle and they get capped. And a lot of time they actually can't learn. They actually can't unlearn certain things. And sometimes they're actually just stuck. They're so ingrained. They're so ingrained. So there's dangers, a lot of downsides to being that one trick. Although yes, you will get the short-term LP. In the long run, you're actually going to struggle. And I love the, the, when he, the way he framed it. He said that, yes, they will be higher rank and they'll be better as of now. But he says, like, the key term is right now. Like, it's important to, like, really put, like, highlight that, that term. Like, right now. They will be higher rank right now. But where are they going to be in, a, in another year from now or in another season? I guarantee you the guy who's learned the game holistically, he's actually learned the fundamentals with a stock standard jungle mid-champ will in the long run outperform and be a more consistent League of Legends player. But we, you know, th that's just not what, the way people think it. And we, we say this all the time. You're either bad and you climb. Oh, you're, so you're bad, you don't climb, or you're good and you climb. There is no right now um, or delayed results of getting a rank as well. Like that's just not common. Just, people don't think like that in the no. League community. It's like, yeah, you're, 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 it doesn't matter if you're well-rounded you're, you're, you're well-rounded. You have very low percent on those well-rounded, like your Platinum 4 player. Yeah. But your Platinum 4 at the end of the day, so, you know, you must not be too good. Exactly. But that person could have way more upside. You know, that person could be could very consistent the next season, the next second season. High, high ELO player. Yeah, a really consistent high ELO player that can play a lot of different champs. Um, and so, you know, he says, it's very hard to say who's better at the game by assessing one strength and weaknesses. It's really difficult. But what he does say is that the one trick that beats you, well, he technically isn't, isn't better. He is in the fact that he will beat you and he's a diamond player on that champ. But is he better across a large sample of games? It's really hard to say. So it's a bit of a tricky one. So um, I think that's a very beautiful way of framing. Like I view it in my mind, like that chart, like that, that shape with all like at every corner, there's a different skill. Mm. And you're just picking where to put your talents or your attribute points. You're just picking where do you want it <clears throat> looks like a nice circle or do you want it to be like jagged in one area and then you know this is something that we should make very clear with our coaching as well we're not here to give you that short gimmicky sh quick way to climb we're setting you up with a tool with tools and a skill yeah. set to help you yeah. improve holistically at the game well, people always get confused now Curtis because we say chain mastery is super important yeah, but champ mastery doesn't mean you're a one trick. You play like you have a pool of like three. You have champs, a pool of three champs. champs. In gold, yeah. you should have two, and then two. platinum should have three champions. Yes, yeah. yeah, and, right. and it's even the type of champions. You know, it's important that you have champions that allow you to at least for mid lane. For me, there's certain champs that do allow you to learn the fundamentals, and then there's some that don't. You, there's and both mages and assassins can allow you to learn it, but it t depends on the type of assassin. You're not going to learn the fundamentals on Yasuo. No. Period. No yeah. matter how many... It doesn't matter if he's in your pool and you have other champs. 
there's certain champs that will limit you in what you're learning about the game. Katarina, Yasuo, Vlad, there's certain champs that will you're forced to over-index to win games. Do you say Cassiopeia? Ka- no, um... Cassidon. I said... What did I say? I said... Vladimir... Um... Yasuo and... Oh, something. Katarina. Katarina, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're forced to over-index on certain particular yeah. skills. And you can the- create bad habits where you don't need the fundamentals to win the exactly. game. Exactly. But yeah. now, now, now you may say... You know, does does everyone want to be a well-rounded player? Not, no. Yeah, you can be have you know fun doing that. I've got a guy recently that literally said, "Curtis, I, I'm all in on my down. I'm being a Katarina one trick." Yeah, that's, that's great. I, I love I, that. I actually yeah. was really happy that he said to me, yeah. "Like, great, we can work on that." Now I know, you know what the benefits and disadvantages, but it doesn't matter because you love it. Mm. Great, get mm. into that. Mm. Um, yeah, so for jungle it would be Shivana, Master Yi. These are champs that skip the fundamentals. You're saying, yeah. I always get not sure about Warwick. I don't think I think Warwick I think does Warwick's require fine, some good fundamentals. It? Yeah, I always just because Warwick's just not played in high what Elo. What about Shaco? So... Oh Shaco's, yeah, Shaco's probably. Iffy, yeah, it? Shaco would be potentially one as well. Jungle. I feel like jungle. It's easier to learn the fundamentals, though, isn't it? Like jungle fundamentals. Is it not? No, actually, I think it's actually harder because you don't need, you really don't need to look at the map. You don't mm. really don't need to understand actually the way the game flows right. or anything. You can just skip everything, just farm your camps. Oh yeah, Carthus is probably another Carthus one. Carthus is a good one, yeah. Like think about it. You could do these True. champs and just have zero Carthus, fundamentals. You, you're not playing the game in a way. And you can make up for it. You can, yeah, it's true. I think it's, I think it's actually harder to learn the fundamentals true. in jungle. Yeah, if you pick a wrong champ in jungle, you can actually not learn anything about the role. Or the game in or general. Very, very little, not anything, but very little. Yeah. And some people fall, they, they actually fall into these traps without even knowing. That's they right. They just like this champ and they just play well, it. Well, no, because they think about it because they they win a game mm. doing a certain thing and that's what they goal is to win games, right? It makes sense, I guess. So, of course, they're going to, if it's working, keep doing it. But again, that will, as we know, it will only work to a point and it could create as yes. that many invisible narratives. And then again, that... it really depends on your goal. Yeah. Not everyone wants to be a, a consistent high low challenger player. Mm. Some people just want to get to D4 and then quit the game or whatever they want to do. Okay. We can do that. But are you going to ever get to Master Deer? No. That doesn't bother you. That, that's really up to them. It really depends on what your goal is. Um, now, you know, flowing on from this, Nathan... What's interesting is that, like, I feel as though you need to be aware of what skills you need to develop with your champion. Like, I've never thought of it like this, but, like, um, this is this explains why having a similar champion pool actually helps. You mean, like, assassin champion yeah, pool? Yeah, like, I tell people nowadays to have a similar identity in their pool. <clears throat> if you play Echo, you should, like, have another, like, assassin another two assassins if you have a mage you should play two mages not like that they're identical but they fill different niches but they still play the game similarly yeah and that way you have you're actually allowing yourself to use the same skill set that you've developed so you're continuing to utilize the points that you've put in those attributes and so if someone who's learning fizz and oriana it's very awkward because you're you're probably learning skills on the other side of the, the chart. You know, you're learning some skills on this right hand side, some skills on the left hand side. They don't overlap and they don't allow you know they don't make this the journey very smooth. 
Um, do you have any thoughts on that? In terms of champles being similar? Well, a typical one always, it's like even like Karzix, you know? It's like they're both assassins, sort of both level six right. champs. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, always, would it be difficult for someone to play like... Again, depends what you want to do. If you want to be an all-round, if you want to be a bit more well-rounded player, yeah, you should play no, but like... but let's just say someone trying to learn, right? Yeah. And, uh, let's say they're not really been trying to be well-rounded. Because I believe you can still be well-rounded by having an identity as like an assassin pool. Yeah, you can. But, yeah. but like, so for jungle, right? Let's say an example might be... Um, you just play a farmer. Let's like say, say you play Eve, right? And then you play Darwin or Lee Sin. Mm. How's that work? Like, for, do people struggle more when they have that in the pool, or have you have not come across that problem? And have you come across that problem personally? Because I, the reason I pulled this, the reason I said this initially was that I struggle with it myself personally. One game I'm playing Fizz, and the next game if I go into like a Casio game. I've actually found myself screwing up my Casio game because I'm in a, an aggressive mindset and I actually play way too fast. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm trying to think of examples from Soul 2, but... But think about yourself. Have you struggled with that ever well, or not? I mean, like, I, I, so I had, like, that whole farming efficient, high percentage play for myself play style originally. And then I moved... And then I, 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 I like, I, then I just had to learn. It just took me a long time to learn the Javan. But you went, you Zinza. did that, but you didn't switch between the identities. Like you went all in on that one. Then yeah, all then in on all that in one. the next so one. You never really had the crossover. No. And then now I can sort of play both. I can, right, I can jump, yeah, right. jump to and from. Like I can always like play Sejuani. Like right. I know how to play Sejuani right. with a certain comp. Okay. Right. But I mean, more and more. I mean, like I, I mean, I yeah, like. Chamber Mastery is important, but a lot of what I... T- just just the way the reviews work, it's a lot of it's jungle fundamental stuff. So it doesn't even matter. Yeah, like Chamber Mastery is just like the team fights and stuff like that, but... Right, okay. And I that sort of like sense. will skip over that, but yeah, if like a lot of the work in my day-to-day is is about jungle fundamentals. That just like sense. basing, gold. Because you don't have to like interact No, yeah, like that's yeah. just the nature of my work. Like I, everything more so goes to the fundamentals of the games. Like right. bases, like it's just always in my reviews, just resets, um, overstaying on the map. What's the next objective? What's identifying win conditions? It's the same thing over and over. Yeah. And like I never really get into the champ mastery that much. Yeah, because you're probably not even getting to the team fight section anyway. Yeah, most of the time as well, yeah. Makes sense. It's like, well, this is where the game really got unstable. I mean, I work with Johnny, who's a fiddlesticks, and we talk about fiddlesticks alts and stuff and Hecarim alts and with uh, Philip and Hecarim E usage. There is some clients that I work with that uh, those players are more like looking to actually champ mastery. And then I guess I have people that are more like they switch champs here and there. So then I'm more so focused on the jungle fundamentals, if that right. makes sense. That's interesting. Because mine's just based off rank. Like, I'll focus on fundamentals in gold, but then platinum, no matter what, I have to talk about champ mastery stuff. Because I guess that's the nature of mid lane, though. Because you're, I'm, you're purely interacting from level one. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought, yeah. I, so, give it a... You know, I think that um, it's an interesting video to check out regardless. Mm. It's called Your Rank is Accurate by Brian F. Great video. Um and that's, you know, at least for me now moving forward, when someone asks that question, now I know how to address it. Yeah. I just think it's interesting. I think we should all know that. Yeah. So why do people climb faster than others? And yeah, they're not doing this stuff. Like you answer, it's like, yeah, well, they've yep. just... They've over-indexed. They've put it all in this. And they will still beat you. Yeah. Like a, a, a one trick at diamond 
will still four be will still destroy a well-rounded a platinum two player. That's right. Yeah. And diamond one one trick will still destroy a diamond four with good fundamentals. Yeah. It's just the way it works. Yeah. Um, okay. So this was a set. This was, the other thing I want to talk about here was a, this was a little post from Baduk from the uh, MLA and he wanted to share his experiences based off our, after our episode about addiction. And I thought it was a good one to kind of talk about. Yeah. So I'm going to just read it out. So basically says, after watching the BBC episode on addiction and slowly and steadily fixing my schedule over the past few weeks, as well as actually diving into the process properly, I wanted to share some of my thoughts on the entire journey and how some of the points from the podcast and the MLA in general have helped shed light on my experiences. The first thing that I've realized after our session together is how awful I was feeling constantly. The only time I was feeling good in the entire day when was when I played league and was winning. My energy was low throughout the entire day. I didn't have drive to even do anything small like take a shower or exercise. For that reason, I just played solo queue to try and get energy back. But all that ended up doing was making all of my blocks extremely low intensity and making me really prone to giving up and tilting in games. This, I think, was a major factor in my inconsistent gameplay and failure to identify how to explode the Nexus, which is like a MLA thing I talk about. Explode the Nexus. Because what I talk about my Diamond Plus clients is... How, how do kill I kill the Nexus? Nexus? How do I explode the Nexus? I wasn't really focused on improving or even climbing. I just wanted to distract myself. After fixing my sleep schedule, somewhat, to a reasonable time, sleeping less, because he was sleeping like 10 hours a day sometimes, and rediscovering some of his old hobbies like Warhammer and reading, I felt so much better throughout the entirety of the day. Now, I wait, now when I wake up, I actually want to get out of bed and start the day, a massive difference from before. This links into my league gameplay as well. I don't feel like I need to play solo queue in order to be productive or to feel good for that dopamine hit you spoke about in the podcast. Now, when I play, I'm already feeling good and it makes it so much harder for me to tilt. I feel like I'm floating above all the flame and tilt over my teammates. If something bad happens, I just accept it and deal with the consequences. It feels like I can finally review my problems without them being stage three issues. This also links into my poor review process that I had before. Because of my recent issues, a lot of my issues were stage three, it led to my reviews being extremely inconsistent, especially for the two weeks I dropped back to low D1. At one point, I had basically given up reviewing my games since it felt like it was all pointless anyway and I felt like I learned nothing useful from them. For weeks, I kept identifying this issue of me dying to level 3, level 4 ganks and it kept happening anyway and I couldn't understand why. But now, all of a sudden, I'm just aware of this in my games and I'm dying so much less often. I think my mental stack was just overloaded by the chat, tilt, intensity, tired issues and... The thing I, I, I lose first is my jungle tracking and awareness, which led to a lot of bad experiences. I still feel the effects of dopamine withdrawal after I lose a game or, or if I end a block or God forbid go to sleep on a negative LP gain. But now that I'm aware of this, I'm, I find myself able to control it far more than I ever did before. It's agony sitting in my chair trying to force myself to do something else. And sometimes when I look at this server or anything league related, I feel the impulse to open the client, but I've managed to resist it so far pretty well. The technique from the sound of metal of just sitting and doing nothing or writing something down has helped me so much and I've actually found a lot of fun in writing, so much so that I'm actually currently working on a nice short story. Having typing this, I just got back to Master Tier on a really good period of games 
and I'm feeling really confident, not just in league, but with my life as a whole. And with uni just starting, I'm pretty determined not to screw it up like I did my 18-year-old exams. Thanks so much to you and everyone else in the MLA for shedding so much insight on this topic. I cannot stress how huge this has been for me and helped me and made me feel much better. I'm really grateful this community exists. It's a feel-good story, man. Love it. All from that addiction episode. That's amazing. Yeah, the key word there is just awareness, the aware of it. Aware of how our mind works and why we're doing things. You, you, yeah, you're actually spot on, Nathan. It's 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 the awareness of the issue itself. And where people fail is where we go into these coaching sessions and it reminds us of us at like Jono back in the in Diables. He comes in as a performance director. He has no, no context of the scenario whatsoever, even though there's been like conflict in the team built up for like months. Mm. And, he say, and, then the, and then we say, Jono, fix it. Well, step number one is just to identify what the hell is going on. And it, sometimes it feels like we can, we can choose to ignore these issues and just, just focus on the gameplay and pray that it works. When I know that deep down, we're probably not going to get anywhere. You're just going to go backwards until we address these stage three oriented issues. And what Baduk's done here, based off the episode, he's realized, well, shit, man, my sleep schedule's fucked. Um, you know, I don't even want to get out of bed. I'm purely addicted to the game. I can't even review properly. And he's come to sessions and we're doing stuff. Imagine this. We're still, we're trying to get into the review and there's all this stuff there. Just like, it's like blocking it in a way. Yeah, it's just there. It's like a, it's like a blockade and you're like poking holes through it, but you're still not really well, getting anything through. I'm trying to dig through this concrete wall with a toothpick. <laughs> yeah. That's what's happening. It's just bouncing <laughs> off. Dude. Yeah. And it might, you might feel good immediately after the session, but it goes nowhere. No. So it's like, you got to do the work. This is the work. This is in the sound of metal. This is the sitting down, the reflecting, realizing that's any, and the great thing, the dopamine, he realized now how that works. Like, okay, I feel it. My brain's taking control. Now I'm going to take control. Screw you, brain. I'm going to sit here and not give you that dopamine. <laughs> I just love that story, man. I, I, it honestly made me so happy to hear. And I've actually had quite a few people from that addiction episode we did be like, wow, I'm addicted. I can feel it. Mm. And, and, I, and I've had a few were. people actually take a few weeks break, three or four weeks break. I love it. I'm going out of business now. You are. So people are just quitting. You're, 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 you're solving <laughs> I'm people's... I'm sending, I'm sending people away from the Midland Academy. That's but it's right. good because then, you know, they need to fix their relationship with the game because I'm not going to help them. No. I need... Yeah, that's, they, that's step one. You got to fix your you relationship. You got to fix your relationship with the game. And I think that this is a... Hopefully the story resonates with a few of you out there. If you feel like that, and, and the, the scary thing was, notice what he said at the start. He said, um, how, how he didn't even realize how awful he was feeling all the time. Mm -hmm. That's the scary thing. You kind of just get, you, you get complacent. You, you feel like shit, but that becomes your normal. That becomes the norm. Because like, you don't actually know what feeling good yeah, feels like. you don't even like. know what feeling good feels like. That You feel like, that being normal is actually feeling shit. It's, it's like when, when we got into the gym this time last year. Like that feeling, like after, like like playing that block, that three by three block, after I gym each shower, that's like the best it's league like that I play. That, but I never experienced that. If I never did that, you would think, and you would think that playing before, and that's why the people think that you know, like, why do you need three blocks? I can play like seven games in a row. I'm fine. But they don't know what it. You're feels fine, but it like. could be better. Yeah. No, but they don't know what it feels like to really play high intensity, mm. because it's all a blur anyway for them. Mm, you know, it's like, right. seven games, like seven what, games. What's the yeah. difference? Yeah. Ah, what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to say something. I lost my train of thought. Um, oh, yeah. So, League can be a great game 
once you've fixed your relationship with it and when you're not addicted, that's when league's actually a that's really good fun. game. And when you like, you know, can un- you understand why your teammates do what they do and why they type in chat. Like once you understand all yeah, that, once like, you get it. Once it's it like, oh, okay. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, this is what I signed up for. Going back to the our league contract episode, the con- solo queue contract. It's, it's a really fun game, you know? It's good. It's, it's like, you know, as long as you're not addicted and as long as you're not, you know, getting that dopamine all the time from the wins and losses. Yeah. Um, But yeah, th- that's it for me. Did you have anything you wanted to add before we go into... Um... That we got some we got some serious mailbags. Ma- we got a lot of mailbags. So, um, away we go! Song. Right, so sort of similar to what uh, Curtis Curtis's little feel good story. Here's another one. Um, this is from Blub. He's uh, he's in our book club. I love Blub. Awesome dude. He's uh, he's Austrian, isn't he? He's from Austria, I think. Yep, yep. Because yep. that's how we knew about um, Nicky Lauda. That's right. He's Austrian as well. He's like a hero. He's a hero of Austria. The Austrian people. <laughs> So, you know, sometimes it's hard to relate to Curtis and I because we're just God-gifted gamers. <laughs> God, are we? You know, we always talk about our, our background in other games and stuff. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to relate to us. So I, like, I think I like sharing these stories. This isn't a question in mailbag. This is just a story that, you know, I thought would worth reading out just so people could relate to that. maybe other people that are, you know, not 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 myself and, and, and Curtis here and maybe someone who's sort of going through the same thing and, this is how Blub sort of changed, turned things around. So the title of this uh, email is Using League to Improve in Life from Depression to Platinum, Blub's Journey. I'm just enlarge this so I can actually see it. Greetings, dear Nathan, Slayer of Camps, Curtis, Master of Waves. Nice title. Blub here, long-time viewer of the podcast. I was there for episode one, all the way back when it was still uploaded on Curtis's channel. You guys told us about how you almost died in Korea from food poisoning. I watched every single episode the week it came out. I recently hit my goal of platinum this season for the first time ever, thanks to the BBC BBC podcast, the MLA, and our beautiful book club. With this email, I don't have a question, but rather want to tell you my story of how I achieved Platinum, but more importantly, how I built a foundation in life and learned to and learned to life with my depression, suicidal thoughts, and severe addiction. How I built a foundation in life and learned... To live? To live? Yeah, with my depression. Okay, yeah. To learn to live with my depression, suicidal thoughts, and severe addiction. All thanks to the concept you guys opened my eyes to, my North Star called Growth Mindset. We've had many episodes on that. So strap on your Merc treads. This is going to be a very long and wild ride. Part one, my past with League and gaming in general. Before I started playing League in season four, I was a WoW addict. WoW players represent. WoW addicts represent. WoW's probably got the most addictive games of all time, That's an addictive game, man. Yeah purely designed for it and this is not in a positive such productive way like nathan and his pvp background i do think that i i think the pve is a lot different for pvp because it's pve is more addictive or less addictive? no less addictive really yeah pve what? is just the raiding and the raid nights and the farming and the quests to like do your dailies mm. and 
PvP, you could sort of just log on when your mates were around. Wait, you mean so PvE was more addictive? More addictive, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. That yeah, yeah. PvP, not so much. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I think you can still be... It's the same as League. Like League's a full PvP game. You can still be addicted. So I think e- e- both can be unproductive. Well, you move from PvE to PvP, though. That's right, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but rather from a mindless grinding way, I farmed mounts, easy achievements, and did some raiding. Improve, improvement was not on my mind. All I essentially did was pull in the slot machine, wasting time, hoping for, hoping for an outcome that's out of my control. Because that's the thing with WoW is that like the slot machine, like you kill, you do a raid hoping to get your items. It is a slot machine, really. It's pretty, it's like gambling in a way. It's like you're spending time. But with, it's not money at least. It's like your time. What is money? You pay to play WoW. Yeah, per I guess. Month, so. isn't it? Yeah, but it's not like you're losing your house and stuff. It's like 15 bucks a month, so. True. But you're like sort of gambling your time, I guess, in a way, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, due to this, when I started playing League in Season 4, all I did was grinding normal games with my friends. I probably hit my lowest point when Echo got released. We played 25 hours straight, like complete addicts and all normals, wasting no time, wasting time with no improvement. Back then, I did not realize it, but I had severe ranked anxiety because I was comparing myself nonstop to others, especially my friends who played since beta and were all gold and above. Season 4 and 5, I did my 10 promo games, got silver, and never played ranked game again because of the stupid ranking system. You know, that's in quotation marks. I don't think that's what he believes now. Looking back, I was the epitome of all you guys stand against. I was a 16-year-old Yasuo one-trick who flamed people in normals, had turbo unrealistic expectations about my level of play, blamed Riot for my rank, and did not even consider... Did not waste a single thought about improvement. You are trash or you are skilled. There is no process or growth. The worst part about all this, it manifested in real life as well and was about to be my, the downfall uh, in my life. Part two, falling off the cliff. After I graduated high school and got to university, I was so fucked up mentally, I just had not realized it. Since I had an easy time in school and played legal day, just brain dead grinding normals, I never knew what improving or being bad at something means. I had no process, no foundation. I was playing league all day, skipping classes and not giving any fucks about my future. Eventually, I fell behind in university, lost my job, my girlfriend and my friends. I was alone, hating myself and not understanding why this is happening. I quit league and gaming in general. This was in season seven. Additionally, my health was completely abysmal. I always fit, but since I was playing video games basically my whole life without any stretching, my posture was fucked. To bring this into perspective, in the last six years, I have not had a single day without experiencing back or neck pain in some sort. All this accumulated and paralyzed me in life. I was in pain all the time, was not motivated for the future, and could not stay awake for longer than six hours a day. I was basically slumping away for two years. This was the rock bottom of my life, but I had to stop. I had to wake up. It's crazy reading that because knowing Blob... Yeah, I know. I would never never that at all. He's like, the, you know, he's like, does the running. Like, he's like, he looks like, you know, a really like high-performing individual. Now, you know, obviously yeah. we haven't seen it now, wow. but how crazy That's is that background? transformation. Yeah. Part three, climbing the mountain. In March 2020, when the pandemic started, I randomly downloaded League and started playing again. With no one to compare myself to, I started playing solo queue. At first in mid, but I soon realized my demons still haunted me. Whenever I played Echo or Yasuo, the memories of my past came back. And I could not play. I was shit scared of becoming this toxic kid again. Wanting to become better, I naturally checked Twitch YouTube. 
and found this super small channel, uh, 50 to 7, 70 viewers, like 10 videos, 4K followers on YouTube. Shout out to Simba ADC. No idea if the channel is still around. He talked about recording, reviewing, and tracking your progress with a spreadsheet. That's what I did. I was tracking stuff like KDA, goals this game, goals achieved, was I happy with my performance, CS, things to improve on. With this early draft of a process, I achieved gold in Season 10 playing Zaya and Kaisa only. During all of that in mid-2020, I stumbled across another smallish channel back then named Coach Curtis. Videos like the Why You Aren't Climbing coaching series or How to VOD Review at Each Rank really made me see that this guy is onto something. The most amazing thing for me was how Coach also talked about the out-of-game stuff, how important it is to have your real life in check, otherwise it will haunt you in-game, which I had experienced firsthand. This planted a seed in my head, which would soon sprout. So what did I do? I knew I had to fix my life first. I reapplied to to university in fall 2020 to finish my degree. Then it happened, 13th of September, the first BBC episode got uploaded to Coach's channel. Two Australian dudes sitting on a couch talking about deep topics, like how to use league to improve in life, while simultaneously telling stories about almost dying from food poisoning in Korea. I knew I was in for a wild ride and I loved it. So I followed the BBC mantra, I started looking out for myself, always looking for the things in my control, and slowly, week by week, I started chipping away at the mental blocks, the toxic expectations, getting exposed to the idea of a growth mindset, and deeply reflecting what I want in life, becoming the best version of myself in and out of the rift. For the in-game, I knew I had to face my demons. I had to play mid lane in Season 11. In the preseason, I got ready, designing my pool, and would, look, and would you look at that, Coach released an Echo Guide. I could not resist adding him as my blind pick simply for the irony. From playing him 25 hours nonstop to becoming my main in calculated three blocks with reviews and improvement on the same champion, I love the parallel. Therefore, in season 11, started playing three blocks, tracking my progress, reviewing. Did I fail at the start? Absolutely. That's This is interesting. I had weeks where I would not touch solo queue, but I came back. Thanks to you guys, I knew this was part of the journey. Try, fail, adapt, try again, over and over, same in life. That's definitely the thing with our approach. I think that a lot of people get off put because they do it. They don't get results for like a couple of weeks and like, oh, they're just full of shit. You know, like I should just do what all the other challenger players do and just, you know, throw enough shit at the wall, eventually it sticks. And that's the thing, like it's going to be uncomfortable because you're not going to know how to review. Like, what does that look like? You know, you got to get good at this process. Um, at the same time, I had my depression phases where I would basically not have a schedule or sleep routine for two weeks. Then I caught myself and got back on track. The next time a depression phase hit, it would only last one, um, one and a half weeks. Now the worst I have it is one or two days at max. Huge improvement. The next and probably biggest breakthrough I made was when I joined the book club. Can't Hurt Me changed my outlook on the world. So that was the first book that we did in the book club. Yeah. I cannot emphasize it enough. As I told you before, my body was fucked and hurt everywhere. And so because of the book, I started running. In June 2021, I ran five kilometers. In September, so this month, this month? We're in October. Oh, last month, yeah. I ran my first ever half marathon, 21 kilometers. That's insane. I incorporated stretching into my routine and my blocks became more and more solid. I built a routine that looked like this. Um, Session intro warm-up. So next stretching, 10 minutes. Change Rosa Razor profile, open OBS, Excel spreadsheet, learning objective, uh, skill shot dodge game to at least 1500 points, 
Uh, Lux bot drill one game as Seraphine Cassio. Read notes of last two blocks, play game, and then review in towards learning objective, ask questions below. And then he would focus on the first 10 minutes of the game, fundamental VOD review. Um, take at least one thing with you was like his mantra in his reviews. Ward in, did I sit on two ward charges? Did I use both charges at the same time? This is some examples. Did I always have one pink on the map inventory after the first place? Did I have a side to lean towards? Did I lean towards a side? And then what does success look like? You know, he'll be like, didn't sit on two ward charges for longer than five to 10 seconds. After first base, always had a pink on map or in inventory. Always have a side lane to lean towards for the first 10 minutes. I had woken up. I followed a process. And would you look at that? I got results. I started the season with a 40% win rate in silver one. I hit platinum last week. You guys said it often enough. I'll say it again. Win rates, MMR, making new accounts, all that stuff does not mean jack shit. Trust in the process and you will get results. I know this now. Um, talking specific, specifics, what did I do? Basically, just what you guys kept saying for now, almost a year on this podcast. Uh, slash mute all. Only playing three blocks ever. Review every game. Have a routine warm-up. Play two to three champs only. Don't ignore problems in real life. They will haunt you in-game. Don't look at LP ever. Embracing the struggle. That don't look at looking at LP. That's definitely a hard one. I now know I can improve. Struggling does not mean I suck or I'm worthless. Struggling means there is something worth pursuing. This holds true for League and even more for real life. I came back from a very dark place mentally and I can fight my way through more. I'm about to finish my degree this fall and I'm looking to become a teacher. I am the godfather of a now two-year-old and want to be something for him that I never had when growing up, a role model. I want to be the best version of myself in and out of game. Nathan Curtis, you guys changed my life. I will continue to struggle and improve on the rift and I don't want it any other way. Thanks for everything. Do, and then he has a quote here at the end. Do not pray for an easy life. Pray for all the strength to endure a difficult one. That's by Bruce Lee. It's a great one. It's a great quote. So there you go. Maybe you guys can relate to that. Wow. I mean, he again, knowing Blub, it's, it's yeah, pretty incredible, incredible. that this that's was his past. huge transformation. I mean, the thing that stuck out, he wasn't able to stay awake for more than six hours a day. Just lying in bed. Man. That's a that's an unbelievable bad. story. So there you go. Fuck. I mean, I mean, if he can do it, there's no excuse. You know, we've seen some incredible stories in the BBC. We you have. We've seen the tech CEO with a family and a marriage. Yep. Um, I've got Baduk here, Blob. I mean, a lot of different stories. I mean, this is just incredible. Yeah, and it just goes to show, you know, it's like league. Like, it, it's a tool that can be beneficial if it's approached in the right way. I love the, I love what he did, like, the direct parallels between the echo. Yeah. Like the, that's so cool. The, the 25 that's hours. Like facing your demons. Like that's, that's like versus heavy shit. actually learn and improve on the champion. And you're playing the same champion. That's some heavy shit. Like the same champion is like, that's your demon. You face your demons. Wow. If I could win with this champ now, that's hard. To yeah. Do if it. you ever come and climb with it, like with all this mental baggage is... and I was, I was toxic on wow. this champion. That was my identity. I mean, not much to say, man. It's just, you love it. it and just you know now it's just a matter of not getting complacent and sticking with it but now at this point hoping it's just a it's just like a lifestyle you know he's, he's he gets it and we're all going to regress like we all go backwards but like 
you know, at least you know what it feels like to be your best self. And like, you can keep striving towards it and it's just got to stay on top of it. It's like David Goggins says, there's no end. You know, David Goggins, like, there's, yeah, there's no, no end. end. It's, just, it's just a struggle every always, day. Always a struggle. It's always a struggle. Um, I mean, it's just, he's embraced everything. That's what the BBC is all about. And, you know, when we first started this podcast, Nathan, you know, one of the things we said, we used to say, like, if we can just help, like, one person. Let's say just one person. Like, that, the, the amount of satisfaction we get from hearing that, that makes this entire operation worth it. Worth it. Yeah. It's incredible. Like, we've changed his life. It's crazy. Who would have known when we started this podcast? Like, that's... You can't ask for anything more than that. No. That's the end goal. That's everything. I mean, and just thanks for Blub for executing. It's not easy to That's execute. That's right, it's execution. He's actually put in the hard yards. And got like, It's results. easy to listen and tune in. It's a whole different ball game to do and be and execute. Literally running a marathon. Joining the book club or everything, you know. Going above and beyond. Running half a marathon, you know. That's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. So props to you, Bob. Love it. I guess it's good to know more about him. We'll see him in probably in the next book club session. Give me all shy now. Yeah. <laughs> it's all exposed. It's all out there. All right. Moving on to the next question here. So getting back more into the nitty gritty of League of Legends. This is from Christo. Theoretical Simulation is the title of this email. Hey, Nathan and Curtis. Christo here. Firstly, would you prefer... Oh, that's just about his name. And the actual question is more theoretical. As you know, you get better by versing better players. So you took a player that like gold or diamond or something. For the next six months, they were in nine in games with nine other challenger players. How much better do you think they would get? Do you think they would end up being discouraged by being rolled over and not learn? Or do you think they would come back to Solo queue way better? This is just a random shower thought I had and was wondering your thoughts. So a goal player and putting them in challenge. Challenge played nine challenges every single game. They'll get worse. You think they'll get worse? They'll, they'll get, get worse. so demotivated. They would be so go. demoralized that they would doubt any skill that they even have. Because part of improving, I mean, we say it all the time. League's a confidence game. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you know, and and he would doubt even the things that he's good at. I mean, he simply wouldn't be able to see his strength. There would there would be no there'd be no strength there. So I think he would probably quit the game. Because, yeah, he'll just be getting mechanically just obliterated. I mean, like, he I mean, would do you, the right things and just... Maybe, maybe you would get better mechanically. Because then you'll see the way people are playing their champs and stuff. But again, you'll no, but probably the thing is, you, In order to learn, Nathan, you've got to be able to execute upon the learnings. I don't think you would even be able to execute upon the learnings because you wouldn't be good enough to even... Like, they wouldn't give you the condition to execute upon it. Like, your mental stack would be so overwhelmed that there would be no execution. You would you would always just be reacting to whatever's in front of you. Yeah, that's right. Like, yeah. you would be... There's no proactive. There's no proactivity. I, I guess the way that the, the progress and learning in league and climbing is you figure out how to win a game in a certain way. Obviously, you're not winning the game against really good players, but, like, you sort of get it a little bit. It's like, okay, that's cool. Okay, let's... Slowly here and there, winning the game. I actually don't champion. view it like that at all. You, what do you, you know, I actually, with most of my goal clients, I don't even get him remotely close to thinking about winning the game. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, we can get to yeah, sorry, you're way right. later. You're right, yeah. Like in gold, the it's way I view it, it's like, we're going to look at the 10 minutes. Yeah. 
and like even if you have no idea how you're going to win this game from this point I don't care I just want you to be re- reliably get into the well position. no that's from a coaching perspective I'm saying in terms of a journey like right. you, the, the, they're going to have to win and lose games anyway right so like I don't know if they would dude if you have a genuine goal player in at least in mid no I'm talking about as they're climbing like they're going to win and lose games like, <coughs> you're saying if they're in challenger or the, if, they're in if they're playing in their current rank oh right yeah, yeah it's like yeah, that sort you. of builds the confidence right. they get to like see like how does it feel to yeah, win yeah they could and... like do one thing and then they can like get them to a good position yeah right I thought sorry I thought you were talking as if they were in challenger no 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 right yeah there's ne- they're never going to win a challenger game no you know interestingly enough um have you experienced this? So, like, I think I have mentioned this before, but I, I need an analogy for it where you you need multiple things to win a game. You can't... League isn't a game where you learn a skill and you climb and then you learn another no, skill right. you climb. No. It's like sometimes you learn two skills and they won't even get you any result. But then that third thing, that third skill, you combine them together and then you get a result. What's an analogy for that? How do you describe that? Because the same thing applies with Victor, right? So Victor is a common one that I teach. And Victor, and the mindset that I try to get across is this. Victor, I view it, is like six things. If you're missing one piece, it all crumbles. But if you can fill these six pieces of the puzzle, you'll get into a good position no matter what. You'll just dominate over and over and over again. The clients that have got to that point, they say to me, Curtis, wow, it all makes sense. It, like, I get what you meant now meant, but it wasn't until I got to the point that I got what you meant. So specifically, the way Victor works is that control majors, they win, or specifically Victor Oriana Syndra, you win by like, you're the one that has to dictate the pace of the lane. You have to dominate your opponent. Now, what happens, it goes like this. You have to have very good weight management, you have to be able to posture aggressively. You have to land your skill shots. You have to do this while leaning and warding so you don't die to ganks. And you have to have very proactive, good quality resets. Now, if you do this properly, what will happen is that you will always have pressure. They will be pinned under the tower. They will get further and further behind. You'll get further ahead because they actually get their, they're missing CS. You're getting more CS. You're never letting them push out, never letting them get vision. So that they're actually always scared to walk up anyway. You permanently have vision. So it, it kind of like turns into like a, a small snowball that gets bigger and bigger and bigger until you're now heading into mid game with like nine CS per minute and you've locked them in the, the lane. They can't roam ever. You just dominate. And you just like Ludens at 12 minutes, whatever. You, it's, it's done. Now, if you miss any one of those small things, if you don't lean, you don't ward, you yeah. don't hit your skill shots, you don't CS properly, you don't control your waist, you don't reset. If you don't do any of those, the whole thing falls apart. And you won't feel the effectiveness of what it feels like to win with the control mage. What is an analogy to describe this process? Like, I don't, I don't know how. Every time I explain it, I always say, "Okay, we're gonna get into the fundamentals," but I just don't get it. That, like, some for some people, they just don't click. It doesn't click. Well, let me think about an analogy while I change out the battery All camera. Right. We'll be back in two two more seconds, guys. All right. So, if I think about it for jungle, um. So it's like, let's say if I tell someone to like, think about the reverse clear. And so the first step of that is, well, firstly, you need to know you're matching the enemy jungler. And you see the way the lanes are playing out. And you're like, okay, I don't have priority. I can't fight crab anymore. I should start thinking about reverse clearing down to the others. So I'm on the opposite side of the enemy jungler. You know, you could pull that off and get the crab great, right? But then it's like, okay, well, then you, let's say, then they go for a 
really bad gank that it's like huge minion wave. It's a Draven Morgana lane and they get triple kill bot, right? So it's like, okay, well, that's bad lane fundamentals. But then if they just knew just that that was not a good gank. So yeah, I mean, there's definitely parts of the game. Right, so they can like recognize that they got to do this, but then if they don't look at the lanes, like, all right, so there's like certain, yeah, right. So there's aspects that like I'm teaching them. they're close and then it's like that one last thing, then you'll win the game. There's many VODs that I go over, like this is looking really good. Like you're really close. Like You're really close. You're close. But that's what you, when you say you're close, that's what you mean specifically. When you say you're close, you mean like you've done a few good things. That's right. Yeah, because what I said this morning was, You've done a few good things and you've undone all your work with this it was one, one mistake. play. Yeah, it was one And that's yeah. like, it's a good problem, though. It is a good, it's a very like good you're problem. You're so to close. Have. Like, yeah. you, you just undone it all. It's like, you, <laughs> it's like you're tying your shoes and, like, at the last step, and you pull the wrong string. But and you know, you know it. how to, like, tie that first, you've got you that down You know, do the path. first loop yeah. and then you're getting closer to the second loop, and it's that last bit of tying it all together, you, you fuck it up somehow. Um, it's just funny. But I, I need a good, a better analogy. I, I don't, guess, I don't I know. I guess the tying of the shoes is kind of there. Yeah, I think that's. Well, yeah. So you, yeah, you might have to. You might might not have to do the first loop, even the second loop. But at the end, when you got to tie it all together, you pull the wrong string, and then it just comes undone. Yeah, and it's very easy for you to tie your shoe not correctly. There's like only one way to do it in a way. If you're doing one method, right? right. It just yeah, falls yeah, apart. Yeah. So I guess the analogy has to be like it can fall apart very easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If all the things aren't there, yeah, all, you need yeah. every single step. Yeah, that's, that's a good analogy. I guess it kind of works. What's another one? Uh, well, the way. I- How about riding a bike? Like you can't stop, otherwise you'll fall over, mm. right? Like you've got to keep that motion going. Mm. Is that one maybe? I was thinking of even starting a car. Like you, you, you can like put your seatbelt on. You can adjust your rearview mirrors. You can even take off the handbrake. But if you don't put it into drive, mm. you can't go. Think about it. You need everything. You need you need the handbrake. You need the, the yeah. But I'd say some of those things aren't as important. Though. Right. Got you. Like that drive. That's like the that's like the one thing you got. Like I think that's a bad because all of those things are you equally can as important. Theoretically, drive without the seatbelt and all that. That's right. Right. Or like your rearview mirrors are screwed or something. You can you, don't need, <laughs> you know yeah. They're not in like optimal position. Yeah. Um. I don't. For some reason, I always think of like a rocket ship, but I don't know shit about rocket ships. So you better start studying that, Curtis. <laughs> But yeah, we need <laughs> help, dude. You go on some rocket ship analogy, like thinking about how the fuel works. And... <laughs> oh god, we need some help. We need some help here. <laughs> All right, next question here is from Colton. Coltron or Colton? Oh, Coltron. Yeah, Coltron. his name's Colton, though. I love Coltron. Uh, the title of this email is called "Unrealistic Expectations." How should we handle them? What's up, studs? I've been thinking recently that this was, uh, as a community, so I've been thinking recently that we as a community don't set realistic expectations for those looking to play league professionally. From what I've seen in the MLA, this is Curtis coaching program, wanting to become a pro player essentially becomes part of their identity, which I don't believe is healthy. Becoming a pro player in anything requires not only a high amount of skill, determination, work ethic, and smarts, but also luck. I don't think there's any issue with striving to be a pro player, and I think we should be actively supporting and enabling people's dreams. I believe setting realistic expectations will make it easier to establish a growth mindset while also setting them up to handle the disappointment if it doesn't happen. I was hoping you could discuss this on BBC, and here we are. So what do you think about that, Curtis? I think we've answered something similar before, yeah. but to recap, I guess. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. The 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 sad reality is that if you are even thinking about going pro below a certain rank, like below diamond, you've you're in a you're in a. I'm not saying you can't do it but it's dangerous like you'd have to be a certain personality type to be able to do that mm. like you would have to be delusional and 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 you know it's it's kind of like look i want to tie it back to the nikki lauda story in a way so nikki lauda is a famous f1 driver he's passed away i think two years ago and he was like a world champ four-time five-time world champ whatever it might be really really amazing top five drivers probably of all time um in the f1 and we're reading his biography at the moment. And it goes into talk about how he wanted to be an F1 driver from when he was young, like a young kid, obviously. He didn't want to follow the, the footsteps of his, his, he was a rich family, a business family, and he wanted to go the sporting but route. But he wanted to go the sporting route. And he loved driving, he loved cars. Mm. And like, he didn't really know how good he was, really. He kind of blindly, he blindly like, followed it. And he, he, he had this like crazy determination and belief that he could do it. And I always thought when I was reading the book, like, I don't meet many people that would have that, the, a goal that Like, grandiose. anything you tell them, they're like, I don't give a fuck, I'm doing yeah, this. Yeah, you very rarely meet people like that. And I feel like, so he proves the case that it's kind of like doable, but it's not recommended. You know, if you're going to go pro, you got to already be proven that you're on that trajectory. And the way I view it, it's like, if you're going to go pro, you'll know, you'll know if you can do it when you're close to the time. Like, it's not something you can kind of aim for. I think your aim should be to get as high or low as possibly can. And if I, you know, if I get to that age and I'm at not that rank yet, then probably I shouldn't be considering it. So I feel like, yeah, it, it can become someone's identity. And I've seen it multiple times, in the, at least in the MLA, where someone's either maybe not trying to go pro specifically. I've had a few people say they want to, like get to challenger or Just something, playing like some like really games. high, yeah. really high like goal, and it eats them alive because they're like, well, if I want to get to challenger, like I've only got this amount of years, and like they they're doing the math, and like they start stressing out, and then you know some people have made like an ultimatum: if I don't get this rank, then I'm going to quit, and that pressure builds up. Like it turns into like a bit of a self fulfilling prophecy a little bit there. So like as in a negative one, like I'm not good enough, and you know the added pressure is making them perform worse, etc. So yeah, I think Coltrane's right in saying that you've got to be a certain personality. I think you've got to be a certain personality type to be able to state that you want to go pro from very early on. And like Coltrane said, I, I think that there are certain people that can do it. Other people, I, I probably wouldn't rec- I'd caution against it. So it's a, yeah, it's a little bit of a tricky situation because who are we to deny someone else's dream at the same time I mean, we see the dangers again. The of dangers people. of it, you know. I mean, again, just think about the odds, man. It's so hard, right? Like, I mean, it's even becoming the way. The more I think of it now, okay. Let's 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 take a step back for a second. Being a pro in terms of specific is playing college. You're a pro, right? No, you're not a professional. But you get paid to play. Well, I guess the definition of professional, sure, yeah, isn't it? You get paid to play. So, like, the way I view it, so it's like, if, you're, it's if like we're talking LCS, so LCS or LEC, yeah. to play in an LCS or an LEC team, you have to be, it's like a, it's like you probably have a higher chance of winning the lottery, honestly. Isn't it similar, close to? I, I remember this video, I think I talked about it before, Travis Gafford 
compared how hard it was to get to the NFL and, and become a low so pro. It's harder, it's to, harder be, to become a low pro than an NFL player. to be a low player. pro than an NFL player, which yeah. is unbelievable. Yeah. Ready to think about that. Yeah. So that, that, that hopefully that puts it in perspective. Now, with that being said, there are multiple ways to make a career in in esports. Like we know people that play in academy and make good money. Yeah, that's right. Academy. Yep. Um, there's college teams that where you get a college education. That's I think a lot of people, at least at MLA, are now considering they're considering trying to get as high rank possible so they get a scholarship, scholarship. position. Yep. And the co- especially the college in NA, it's really good. It's actually really, really. I would for me, I would rather coach in the college scene than academy or LCS. Mm. If I had an, if I had a choice, I would coach college. It's like an actual efficient it's employment. A proper, job it's a proper employment it's a proper established thing you know you're going to get paid as a coach as well like it's backed by like money um and also like people are there because they want to be there and and it's 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 a much more learn like a learning environment less ego yeah and and simplified it's Mm. not there's none of the the it's like we're not the best but we're just gonna have a crack yeah the egos are tamed it's like on a journey it's like where like this is where you start and then you can and i feel like there's true development that gets done in college um so college is i think great yeah you're tied in the edge you got access to professors and and actual education system yeah and i think Europe, there's a shit ton of secondary leagues, prime leagues. Yeah, all the ARLs. There are so many other leagues. So I think that if you want to play in the major, major league and be a pro player, chances are that that's probably a goal that is maybe a little bit too crazy. You want to tone it down and probably get to high rank first, and then maybe get in like an amateur team, and then maybe get into a college team, and then get to academy. And then, like, as you start to go down that route, you could kind of maybe plan that out. But if you're not even close, it's like you should calm it down a bit and just take one step at a time. And I think that what you'll find is that nowadays, at least in esports, I think there's going to be a lot of different careers, whether you're a coach or a content creator or a manager or an analyst, there's a lot of different roles that exist. You don't have to all in on just being the pro player, the one of five that plays on that one team. It's very slim. Yeah. I mean, there's literally the stat. And it is luck. What cultures you got, not only we've known players that are better than LCS starting players that just don't get a job. Mm. We've known that time and time again. There's actually a great, um, where was it? Statistic that came out. There's more Australian OS players at Worlds than North American How residents. How crazy is that? More OS. Well, I'll literally get it here. What's the actual number? Someone's got to really break that down. It's pretty fucking incredible. There's more OS players than there is NA. It's unbelievable. Where is it? Nathan, like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to make this podcast to talk about that and i'm done with talking about that now. i really here we go here it is here it is so asia has 62 of the players at worlds are in from asian countries europe 30 south america 10 oceania 5 north america 3 like that like come on 5 to 3 yeah look that's incredible so almost double the nearly double so the thing is i don't want i'm done with talking na that's right, right? i don't want to talk, talk about esports anymore but there is a lot there that you need to unpack. The, yeah. the fact that 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 if there's a sign that NA is up shit creek, that is it. Okay, that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, I'm done with talking about NA. So going back to answering that question, Curtis, unrealistic expectations. So you want to be the one of three? If you're in NA, yeah, it's a bit of unrealistic. But no, but that's that's world. So that, yeah, that's, that's right. The yeah. other eight, ten teams, isn't it? Yeah. 
captain teams. Well, again, you know, we're talking about 50 players, right? And most in NA, specifically 25. Most imports. Most as imports. many as imports as they possibly can. Yeah. Plus Oris. So if you're an EU, is Coltron from NA? Yeah. Okay. No, he, want, he doesn't want to go pro. Okay. He's just talking oh, about sorry. people in the, the MLA. People in my, yeah. But yeah, I, I think we have spoken about this, but yeah, it is very much something that you should only be focusing on way later on. Yeah. Once you get to... And there's a lot of dangers by making it your identity early on. Like, I'm the guy that wants to go pro. Some people can deal with the pressure. Most, 95% of the time, 98% of the time, they can't. At least in my experience. In, in gaming. All right, next question here is from Johnny. Johnny's from the Soul 2, so Johnny Soul Cage. 2 represent. Johnny Cage. Nathan's, you know Nathan's gamer name was Johnny C- Cage. It was Cage, my Steam name, you, wasn't it? was a Johnny I can't, Cage I can't, rem- can't even remember if you remember that. Cage. It was yeah, Cage. Yeah, because you love Johnny Cage. I did love Johnny Cage. I know, I know, I know a lot of... Holy shit, I did I, I, dive information. Uh, <laughs> I did not even remember that. So the there Cage. you go. So speaking <laughs> of esports careers, Curtis, since you're obviously an expert, basically what you just said there. Advice advice for an aspiring esports manager. Okay. So Johnny says, Hi Nathan and Curtis, just for reference, this is Johnny from Salto. He's the Fiddle Six player I was talking about, by the way. Right. He's a Fiddle Six extraordinaire. I'm writing in today to ask for some advice for a friend of mine. He is going to start a university course in business management with the aim to work in some part of esports management. He has previously managed a high school and an amateur team, but would want to work in any sort of esports management role. Not necessarily as a part of the of a team. As veterans of the industry, what advice would you have to someone looking to get their foot in a door and to have a career? It's worth mentioning that he's based in Europe. Well, at least okay. I'm gonna just talk, see, speak from like when we went. Okay, when we were in those owners meetings, we're gonna talk about what went on. But back from, in the Dials. Okay, days. let's think about from Dials' perspective. We hired people, we fired people, we work with people that provided a lot of value in our company, and there's people that didn't provide much value in our company. Um, there's a lot of people, a metric ton of people. <laughs> That talk a big game about business and deals and shit, <laughs> but a very bad execution. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, God, this is going <laughs> to sound really bad, right? Oh, but, no. Here we go. But I mean, so this this is just, I mean, I would love for someone to change my mind on this, right? Okay. But in general, I don't view management as an actual skill. Like, okay, it is a skill, but like, if you want to no. provide value to an organization, yeah. skills that will get you an actual job that is consistent. Like an account financial, but graphic Nathan, designer, we, social media. But, but Nathan, we call we are very bullish or we're very opinionated on this topic. Like I feel like our opinion on this extends way greater to esports. Like Yeah, this is, the, this is this is the real world as we well. We even yeah. we even kind of call bullshit on like the real world like MBAs and stuff. Yeah. Like we think MBAs are a waste of time. Yeah. And like business and like consultants and all that crap. Like in our experience it's just fluff. Um, at least in our experience, we could be completely wrong. Yeah, I, I don't know the in-depth work. Again, I'll, big, I'll love for someone big, big four firms consulting us. <laughs> we don't know the work that they do. Yeah, I'm sure they do. They, they provide value. Some, yeah, provide value. Obviously, because they're, they're paid, right? Yeah, they provide some value. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, um, perceived value. Mm. But you're right. They have to have a hard skill, like a hard skill, a skill. Ideally. Like that's the easiest way to get a job in esports. And I just think in general, it's like again, it's like you're a graphic designer, even you're like a data guy, social, a data guy. Data is yeah. really important. I think data is an interesting one because I feel like data. There's great online courses. Even Google, I think, do one like a data analyst. 
like if you knew data really well, you know how to manipulate data and present data and you're, you had a really, your skill was data oriented. Like you know how to get data, frame data, everything to data. Like that would be a beautiful skill tied with the other things. Like the business skills, like the, the, the making this, the, the cool sponsorship decks, the networking and all the other crap, understanding the stats, get it. But you, if you can have like a, you're a data analyst as well on top of that, you know how to like, Really go to the next level. Yeah, it's like a, maybe a skill that complements your management. Yeah, you skills. want something that complements the management. But just being skills. a pure manager, like that's not, that's not a skill. That's not a job. Unless you have money. If you have money, yeah, okay, and you can provide the the backing. You I guess you're value. an investor at that point. That's not really a manager. Yeah. Like it sounds like he's going to university yeah, but a lot for of people, a skill. Of yeah, yeah, true. So I would say. If we're talking to skills, I think data, anything to do with data would be great. I think, um, I think stuff. I like- mean, the way you need to approach it is like, so what he should do is like, ask these things, like one of your management problems, like you, at the end of the day, you're solving problems. Don't think of, mm. I think it's really bad to think about a job just for a job. It's like, at the end of the day, you're providing value, you're solving a problem. So for these esports teams, you know, like. What's the problem? Okay, well, they need... They want to build huge fan bases and stuff. So, like, sponsorship... Like, you want to, like, niche into something. Niche. Like Building... Like, there's... there's you know the, those roles nowadays? There's, like, there's like the fan one specifically. Like, you, your role is, like, you really know how to build a fan yeah, base. Yeah, or community manager, community engagement, or... Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, you know how your content... Like, you know how to do the content for fans. So, management might be fine. It's, like, the first thing, but you got to, like, get no, a hard skill. I always feel like you work up to management. Yeah, though. again, like... Like, you got to start somewhere and then work your way up. Like, managers in general, they don't come from, like... You don't just whip in a manager there. Like, <laughs> no. you're, like, a guy that's, like... He was, like, from the company's, like, built and then up. Maybe yeah, like yeah. Then they oversee this team. Look at, look, then... look at there's lots of examples. Like, you know, Fnatic, that Khan guy, he was a pro player for him, and he's, like, the head of... O- Ocelot. Operations. Ocelot, <laughs> right? example. Reginald. All of them. And um, pro, play, pro players. Um, I guess you could also say Lena as well. Like she worked, just did like little errands yeah, for the team. She and was then, always working with the team. Yeah, yeah, she was like part of that team. And then she became, you know, a good position there. Uh, what's another one? Um, I mean, everyone. Literally everyone. Path. He was a coach. He was a coach. And now he's the general manager for the Everyone CSA. who's in remotely in a, in a power position started as a shit kicker doing some other role. Yeah, doing some other role. That wasn't actually management. That's right. Yeah. Um... So I would, yeah, I think you're spot on. I think you got to provide value in and solve a problem in one specific area. Yeah, you want to be as nowadays the way the world's going. You want to be as niche as as specific, like specific as as you possibly can. Like if you can guarantee that you can solve this one problem, like you're already gonna get money. That's right. Like we can see the value that you're gonna bring. We can see it. it's tangible. It's there, and you're paid in proportion to the size of that problem right like fans is probably a huge fucking problem that if you could somehow figure that out you're a millionaire yeah <laughs> in esports if you could figure out how to how to monetize your how to monetize base. an audience yeah. properly yeah or whatever it might be um how to build a, 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 a like a membership platform for a team or whatever it might be or how to you know whatever it might be how to how to how to connect a sponsor with your team, like how to bridge that gap between X sponsor and your team to create content or whatever it might be. There has to be some skill. That's right. You can't have that mindset of, I'm going to join a team, I'm just going to manage five players. So what, okay, let's, let's get specific advice. So what I would do, that dude, is I would get in contact with the most upper, higher up person in any decently sized esports organization, try and get in contact with them and get into an interview with them or 
if you can buy it, if they're near you, buy a cup of coffee. If that's who I, that's what I'll do. Try and get in the interview in one to one with one person who knows the problems of the business. That's right. Then what I'll do, I'll, I'll get a pen and paper, and as I t- say, I'm just going to ask you a few questions. Ask them out all their problems, as many as you possibly can. So you're going to get a list of all these problems, all these things that they're facing, challenges that they're facing. Boom, 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 boom. And you're going to go through and talk to as many people at many different companies as possible. And then you would try and join the dots and be like, okay, so like, which of these could I like approach? Is there like a pattern here? Could I, could I solve these problems? And then with my, with my great social skills and my business skills, package that up together and then, you know, create a new role in this company. Create your own job in the company. Create your own job. Mm. That is great. That would be the, the most practical way to do it. You mu- It's kind of like negotiation in a resume, for example. When you're applying for a job in general, right? We learned this from good old Remit, right? Like you, you want to know what problems they're facing. So when you get into that interview, you slap this big briefcase on the table and say, okay, these are your problems. And this is my solution. This is the solution. It's right. All your pro- all my all the answers to your problem are right here in front of your face. So then the the conversation becomes less. Oh, do we want you? It's like how much do you want? Yeah, it's like the answers. My my life. You're making the the person that's hiring their life so much easier. Because people come into interviews. We even found this. It's like. It's like, here I am. I'm this blank canvas. <laughs> yeah. Use my body. That's right. <laughs> Take me. That's not really what I want. I know. Like, that's that's brain power for me. I just want you to just... Uh, yeah, solve my problems. <laughs> solve my problems. You know? I don't want more problems. That's right. Because you actually are going to be creating more problems. Because think about when you're joining any organization, any company. If you're unskilled, they have to train you. You're mm. a cost. You're a burden. Mm. You want to be as literal as... You want to be a net positive from the get-go. Mm. If, if I... As low econ as possible. Just shove me in a box and I'll solve your problem. Shove me in an office over here. I'm all good. Yeah. That's what you want. That's right. Yeah. As, as if you could do that, I guarantee you, you will get a job. It's so easy. So easy. If someone said to me, like in, if for MLA and like listed like that and I told them all my issues and they said, all right, I'm going to, I'll solve all these problems. I'll pay you mm. to solve these problems for me. Mm. There's no doubt. Mm. You got a job, man. If you can solve all these problems for me. Great. But I don't know what that role is called or anything, but depending on how big the problem is, that's how much I'll pay you. That's why you got to frame it. Anyway, welcome to League of Legends Career Advice yeah, Podcast. Career Advice Podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's some, some tips, yeah, just from experience. I mean, again, we I had thousands of people oh, over my time apply to dials back in the day, yeah. you know, graphic designers. And we've seen people that have provided a lot of value and some people that have not. Mm. Unfortunately. So, um, yeah, there you go. So sort of the question there is maybe, I think he needs to niche his course, but if he's just starting, maybe it's fine. But yeah, you can't expect to just be, I am a manager. I have a management degree. Get me in an esports oh, team. I don't think that would ever yeah, work. I, if, you, if, if that wasn't, get the hell out of my room. Like, yeah, I would I not hire that, something like that. Cut an interview show, like, get out. Yeah. You provide no value. Yeah. So like, I think as well, if he, if I, he's like early on in his course and stuff, he should actually just be feeling like he should just be getting a grasp of the problems. Like, yeah, sponge. yeah, yeah. You said you said you can talk to the high. Like, I think that the higher people actually would. If you, I mean, p- depends again how high. I Especially the behind the scenes people. Yeah, like even if you get someone who's like number two or number three, they typically know what's going on at number one because they're around. You don't want to get the you're number, in the you office. Get the yeah, you anyway. want to get the number one. Yeah, you just want someone that's there who's in the organization 
even if they're like really low, because they will hear and things you might have and they're part of the company. Obviously, you're going to have to probably make a LinkedIn. Yeah, and LinkedIn, stuff like that. yeah. People are generally pretty open, especially like oh, those people dudes. love to. They love talk. to talk. Yeah. <laughs> they love to talk. You'll, 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 you'll get, get it. it. <laughs> you'll get there. Um, there you go. So that's great practical advice. That's the advice I'd give to anyone, mm. esports or not. Mm. Anything nowadays in the twenty, you know, in our in, in the current landscape, you got to be have that mindset. How am I going to make this company make more money or or cost or do it less less expensive? It all comes back to money at the end of the day. Yeah, all comes back to money. Do you make their life easier? Time, money. All right. Well, that's the end of mailbag. Good questions. Good questions today. Good stories. Inspirational stories. Yep. I can now climb Mount Everest. Yes, we. Yes, we can. <laughs> All right, anything else to wrap up, Curtis, for this episode? Uh, Clips channel, if you haven't already. Yep, Clips channel. Clippies. Um, and uh, book club, still rock and rolling. That's about it. Yep. All right, see you guys next time.